Welcome to the Find Your Awesome Podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott and I'm your host. I'm an intuitive human design reader, a certified professional coach, and an instigator of joy. And I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much for listening. And if you're listening today, you are probably what I call a light leader. What does that mean? A light leader is somebody who knows they're here to raise the world. You know you are here to send ripples of light out across this planet. You know you have a strong desire to amplify your impact. You know you're here to change the world. It's okay. Let's not play small. You're a really big deal. You are here to own and share your gifts. And by owning and sharing your gifts, you're here to change the world. And you can do it with flow. There's no need to be on the struggle bus in following your path. You don't have to struggle to spread the light. I am currently accepting new clients for alignment coaching, and this is what we do. We, you and me, we partner together to amplify your impact, to send ripples of light out everywhere. We do the work. And we do the work with so much joy and fun and passion that, of course, it's going to be eye-opening and game-changing and life-changing. And I promise it'll be fun. There will be laughter. If you are interested in partnering with me in this very sacred, playful, wondrous way, check the show notes for the link to inquire about alignment coaching. Now let's talk about this week's conversation. Talk about light leader. Amy White is absolutely positively a light leader. She is an intuitive medium on a mission to help individuals heal the past, discover personal truths and thrive. She is amazing. She is a one, three generator, by the way, because I know you are wondering, um, I love her. I just met her and I, I think she's just magnificent. She, in this episode, drops so many truth bombs. She channels a greater consciousness that tells us exactly what we all need to hear right now. She also connects to my uncle who died in 2020. Note, she doesn't know anything about him. The only thing she knows is exactly what you're going to hear in the recording. And uh, she nailed it. In other words, she's really good. Check out her work. Now, let's get into it. Let's listen to this conversation with Amy. I love you. You are a miracle. You are here to do amazing things. The world needs you to be sparkly AF. And go forth and be awesome. So, Amy, the pole dancing medium. The pole dancing medium, among other things, yes. <laughs> where where do we go from there? Do we need to know anything else about you? I know. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not. It's um it's been a journey you know, and, um, and I actually, it's so funny. I discovered pole dancing. I was doing a group channeling event in New Orleans. Um, gosh, a couple of years back. 
And the woman who was hosting the event said, hey, I'm going to go to this class. Do you want to join me? And I was like, well, sure. That sounds great. I was doing Pilates and yoga and kickboxing and all these things. And I'm like, sure, I'm strong enough to do that. And I got there and I was like, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. And I can't wait to do more. And literally like flying back to, I lived in the Bay Area at the time and flying back to the Bay Area, I was Googling on the plane, like pole dancing studios and found one that had just opened like three miles from my house. And that was it. It was like, this is my love. This is my love. This is my love. And what I found was that the more physical I was able to be, and as I grew, you know, strength and ability and creative, you know, creatively transitioning, you know, from pose to pose or shape to shape, that my intuition was actually getting even more and more fine tuned. And it was really this moment where I realized that this is, this is probably the best psychic hygiene I could be doing for myself because I was clearing out the energy. I wasn't holding anything in and it was allowing me to be a clearer and clearer channel for my clients and the groups and the speaking events and everything that I do. Um, powerful. And man, it helped me get my groove back too. You know, I had gone through a a divorce and a breakup and all of these things leading up to it. And it just, it was this, it was like all of the things came together in a perfect storm, but in the most beautiful storm, stormy way you could imagine and allowed me to really transform my physical body, um, which has helped every other aspect of my life. Yeah, I bet because we are whole beings that includes a body, a soul, a mind. Yeah, completely. And that's the interesting thing that I, you know, that my guides were showing me over the last couple of years as I was going through this body transformation. So I had started this body transformation a little, uh, about a year before I found pole dancing. But what my guidance was saying was, or what my guides were saying was that we often move through the world so disconnected from our bodies. It's a human condition in mostly, you know, it's not, of course, it's not an absolute thing. There are cultures that are very much in tune with their body and their body rhythms. But I think especially in the US um, and first world countries, we have a tendency to be conditioned from very young ages to look at our body as something separate from ourselves. And so when we're pushing against or denying an aspect of the whole, of who we are, then our ability to tune into our inner wisdom gets a little bit junked up. It's, it, it's harder to access this knowing in this, in this remembering of who we are from a soul perspective when we can't hold space for our human you know, experience, including our physicality. Yes, in human design, we see that actually everything is in the body the mind can process things, but it's, it's really just like for decoration, all decisions, all knowing lives in the body. I always say the, our bodies are wisdom. Our bodies are complete wisdom. Yes. I mean, that's when I teach, um, I have a, a course I teach about connecting into your intuition. And that's one of the first things that I teach is that the body is the antenna and I start to teach people how to tune into their bodies, you know, tell yourself a truth, tell yourself an untruth. Where do you feel it in your body? It's the first, it's like the first connection to really 
intentional connection to your intuition is to start to sense how does information come into my body? Where do I hold it? How does it move around? Like when I tell a truth, I have a very different uh, visceral experience than I do when I tell myself a lie. And so then as I start to bring it out into the world, it's like, oh, I can take information that comes in from news or media or opinions or or, 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 and I can say, how does that sit in my body? Is that my truth? You know, and that's, that's a huge piece of, especially the energy that's here on the planet right now. There's a big invitation for people who are ready and willing to start to step into that space of how do I create my reality based on my truth and not take into account so heavily, so much um, what's what everyone else is saying, you know, and sometimes our truth and, and I'm sure you've experienced this as well. Our truth can be completely polar opposite from the general opinion uh, or the general, you know, general public opinion. And yet we can know so deeply within our body and our soul and our heart mind. This is really my truth. Yes. And what you said about like feeling the truth in our body, I certainly experience when somebody tells me something, it will go and like swirl around in my head. It won't have a place to land in my head. And I know if it's truth, it will fall into my body. Mm. If it's not, it'll just kind of swirl around. And eventually I'll be like, good riddance, get out of here. Mm -hmm. I love that. And you know, what's, what's interesting is sometimes the biggest, the biggest source of untruth is our own mind Mm -hmm. and the stories that our mind repeats. And the stories that we tell ourselves and the belief systems that were, you know, that we were born into and that we accepted as our own. So it's, it's often, you know, that I love what you're just saying. And so to, to take that and be able to listen to our own, our own inner voice, our own voice, not even our inner voice, but the voice, you know, of our ego or personality and say, huh, is that my truth? You know, and then I love the, you know, sort of that secondary question, which is, well, okay, well, what if it isn't? you know, what if that isn't my truth and how does that change the situation or the feeling or the place that I'm in or the things that I'm contemplating? Um, and that, you know, even that level of inquiry helps us to come deeper and deeper into that space of inner knowing. Hmm. I, I think I'm going to jump ahead in this question, but I'm going to ask it now. Anyway, how do people learn to trust, to trust their intuition? How do you teach that? Well, it's, it's more about starting to be intentional. You know, I think, I think sometimes for some people, trust is a ginormous leap. And sometimes it's, it's, it's easier to start with dipping the toe in the water and seeing that you don't drown and then dipping, you know, then standing in the water and seeing that you don't drown. And so sort of, you know, I call it granny shuffle or baby steps, right? It's that little like shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. I can trust this much, I can trust this much. And then you start, as you build it, you build the momentum and then life shows you validation to the things that you're trusting. So it really is a, pro- it's, it's like building a relationship, right? You know, many of us, most of us don't just jump into a relationship and be like, Hey, you're my best friend. Okay. Here's all of my, you know, story, you know, it's like, okay, this person seems pretty cool. I think, you know, let's see where, this goes, you know, and then you start asking questions and getting to know them. And it's the same thing, right? It's, it's this, this idea that we're actually forming 
a relationship with ourselves so that we can learn to trust in that way. But if we say just, you know, just trust, most of us are like, mm -hmm. it doesn't, you know, it just, it's, it's hard to get there. Um, but, but so then, you know, teaching intentionality becomes that idea we were just talking about of, so what if, what if you tell yourself a big, bold lie and you can feel in your body that your stomach tightens, right? Or, or that your chest gets constricted. Then you start to go, okay. And if I tell myself a truth, my shoulders drop and I feel like I have more space to breathe. Well, now you've got some, you've got some concrete data to start to form that trusting. You know, this, I really, one of the things that I teach is that, you know, the idea that we're just supposed to, just supposed to trust the universe and trust that life is going to bring us exactly what we need is a huge leap for our human mind. And so we don't have to do that. We just don't. We can take it a little bit at a time. We can ask for validation. That's okay. You know, there's nothing wrong with getting validation as we're starting to learn these processes. Eventually we won't need the validation as much or at all um, or in every circumstance because we're building and building and building that trust. But it really is a step at a time for most of us. Mm -hmm. And I love that you called it building a relationship with ourselves. Yeah. Because I think so many people, well, they just don't ever think of having a relationship with their, themselves. Yeah. Yeah. You think of relationships well, with others, maybe relationship with the universe, mm -hmm. but relationship with self. Trust, trust that you, you know that there is a higher self to you. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. And I think, again, that we're conditioned from such a young age, most of us, many of us, to believe that, you know, when anytime that we're turning attention towards ourselves, it's selfish, you know, and we're, and many of us are taught to be martyrs and, and, you know, to give everything that we can, but expect nothing in return, to not be the center of attention, to not have needs, to not have desires. And all of that, when we're only looking outward, completely severs or, 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 or much of the way severs, right? That relationship with our inner knowing, but just like, as we were just talking, like any relationship, how do you, how do you, how do you start to feel good and safe and comfortable when you're forming a relationship with someone new? You have to take it a little at a time. You have to. Um, otherwise it, it doesn't, it doesn't have that same, it doesn't have that same momentum and that same sustainability. Yeah. yeah. So how did you learn all of this? <laughs> uh, through lots of dark nights of the soul and uh, several human crises and um, letting my really getting to points where I, I, I just had to surrender into it. You know, I knew, so I, I started my career in technology like uh, engineer by degree, very left brain, left brain, left brain. And this is in your chart. Yes. I just want you to know it, yeah. this isn't like totally out of the blue. You actually have the gift of being a chaos slayer, yeah, which means you. you see chaos and you just slay it with logic. Yeah. Yeah. But I was very heavy 
listening to that logic side of me and really shut down the intuitive side of me. I knew from the very beginning of as, as far back as I could remember that there was something different about me, you know, and while I don't remember very specific um, conversations with my family of origin, I remember the messaging and the messaging was you can't talk to God unless you go through the church. And, you know, if you try to connect to God or angels or other, you know, people who've passed on that somehow you're inviting evil or bad into the family. And so as a young child, I remember having this huge burden of responsibility. Like if I am just me, there's something wrong with me and I'm, and I'm putting everyone at risk. And so I shut that part of me down for so long um, and it wasn't until I was in my late 20s that I started to really recognize that, oh, I have more than a gut sense and a strong instinct in corporate street smarts. You know, there's something else here because I knew things I didn't know how I knew so often. And the synchronicities and coincidences were all around me all the time. And so I had to get to a place really where I was like taken to my knees a little bit and said, all right, what, what do I do? Like, I need to get my life on track and something's missing. And that's really like the first time that I heard very loudly, like you need to learn to love yourself. And it was that, it was that moment that it, the gate opened for me to start to explore what does that mean? And how do I, how do I do that? I don't even have modeling for that. I don't even like, I don't even know where to begin, but I knew without a shadow of a doubt because I laid in bed that night and I'm like, I don't know, God, angels, anybody who's listening, I like this train is going so far off the track. How do I get myself back to living a life that I know I'm supposed to be living? Like I'm here to live. And, um, and, and then, you know, when the teachers, when the students ready, the teacher appears and it was just like one person after another, after another, after another would show up to help me open just a small space, just a small understanding of this deeper and deeper and deeper knowing that I had. And it really was this formation of a relationship, one baby step, one granny shuffle at a time for me. And it's been a, you know, a, 20 year process, you know, and to the point where I was even in like negotiation with source about like what work I was going to do and what work I didn't want to do. And, um, and, uh, cause I love the intuitive work and the channeling, but the mediumship work was something that I wasn't sure I wanted to do. You know, I just wasn't sure that I could hold enough space to be channeling everybody's, you know, cr transitioned, relatives, friends, you know, loved ones, like it felt like a very big responsibility for me. So that was my longest, um, that was my longest negotiation with source. It was about three years. <laughs> what, was, what was that negotiation like? What's it like to negotiate your career path with source? Is it like talking to your parents about what you're going to do with your life? It was more like, um, and this is, you know, taking a, taking a page from my corporate background, you know, it was like, okay, I know that I, I know you want me to do this work, but this is what I don't want to do. You know, I don't want to be walking around the world channeling everyone's 
dead people all the time like that. I felt like part of the thing that I was here to learn was that I wasn't the martyr. I didn't have to give it all away that I, this, I was really here to learn about being in this human experience. And so if I was only, you know, like in always this open channel, I felt like it was going to somehow compromise that other part of me that was really important. Um, and so I started with no, <laughs> and then they, you know, they came, they, they, my guides came back around and they're like, yeah, we really want you to do this. And I was like, all right, but you know, I want to have an on and off switch. And, you know, and even then they were like, okay. And I was like, no, no, I don't, I don't really want to do it. And so they just, you know, it was like this long process where it would just come back around and then um, at, at around the same time, my grandmother passed away and when, and we were very close. And when she, um, after she died, she started coming back around me like all the time in really cool ways. I tell the story, like driving down the freeway and she's in the seat next to me. I can sense her, I can smell her perfume and it was safe and it was easy and it was organic and the more she showed up and then the more we kind of entered into conversation, the more comfortable I, I became with the process. And then because of that, like in my coaching work and other things I was, I was doing one-on-one -on -one with clients, then their, you know, then their people would show up from the, you know, from the non-physical. And that was all kind of happening as this negotiation was going. Cause even though they showed up, it, I didn't mean I spoke about them, <laughs> you know, I knew they were there and I, you know, and I remember having a, a situation where I was working with a coaching client and she was saying, I wish my dad were here to, you know, to see all that I had become. And all I could think of was he's here, <laughs> he's standing right behind me, but I couldn't, like, I just didn't have the words or the courage to, you know, to, to share that at the time. So it really was, again, it was this evolution. Um, slowly, 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 these gifts just started to show themselves. And then, as I said, the teachers would appear. And one of the things that I really love, I just heard the quote, this quote, expanded version, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher appears, but when the student is really ready, the teacher disappears. Mm. And so that was a lot of like, you know, all of a sudden I would realize like people that were helping me to explore and access these different pieces and parts of my whole, right, my totality here, they would then, I would be done with them. Like I just knew I was done with them. And that so, so yeah. I had never heard that before until like I, a month no, ago. This is the first time I'm hearing it. And that I felt that that was full body truth. Yep. Completely, completely. So it was a lot of that, you know, and then also learning to discern when, when teachers would show up that weren't really aligned with me from the beginning to start to get clear on that. So source just kept bringing me these opportunities to learn and decipher and discern and then choose the things that really felt resonant with me, like you said, total body truth, mm -hmm. and let go of the things that didn't. You, you know, I, I often liken it to being at this giant, giant buffet, you know, and I would have to try the beet salad and then realize it wasn't really my thing. Um, so then next time I went back to the buffet, I wouldn't get that, but I might try something else. And so eventually I was able to get really clear about the things that resonated with me and the process and the tools and the methods and the access. Um, and, and 
yeah, it's, it's been a journey. It's been a full life journey. So one of the things that's coming through for me is a, oh shit, am I kind of going through this part of things too? (laughs) I don't want to channel transition people. Um, I I don't need to know that right now. Yes. But your whole path is resonating so much. Well, what I really love is that, you know, now that I've, I, you know, finally agreed to, um, to do the mediumship work and, and I do have, I, I, I liken my process to sort of being the AT&T operator from years past, you know, where I get to call, kind of plug the cable in and connect when, you know, when it's time. So very often it's when I'm in a session that the, that I, that I engage in that part of the process, but there are times when souls don't honor my boundary. And then I get to choose in that moment. Do I, do I channel this? Do I bring this information through or don't I? And prior to, prior to COVID and pandemic, I traveled a lot significantly globally. And the number of times that I've done readings especially mediumship readings from the back of an Uber or taxi or, um, you know, uh, some ride share somewhere in the world um, is it's funny and it's fun, but I still get to choose that that's my, and that's part of my contract that I get to decide, is this the time, is this necessary? Is the person ready to hear the message? And, um, and not, I, you know, I had this, I pop culture, doesn't do mediums uh, much benefit, right? And all I could think of was, I don't want to be the person chasing somebody through a grocery store because I have a message for them. And it, that felt both intrusive and, and a boundary crossing and an integrity thing. That's part of my work. When I work with somebody, whether in group setting or one-on-one, the first thing that I do is I get permission to do the reading. Because to me, that, that boundary is so important and the integrity of me not crossing an energetic, you know, into an energetic space that I'm, I've not been invited is really important. And so, and, and because I told Source, this boundary is really important to me in the work, I have to be able to honor that in the physical as well as the non-physical. Mm-hmm. So it's, that's, that was probably the biggest piece of my negotiation for this was to say, I'll do it, but it has to look like this, you know, and I need to make sure that I'm honoring myself first, first and foremost, you know, that I channeled this, um, at being a group of energies that call themselves the greater consciousness and the greater consciousness is not souls crossed over. They're a different vibration of energy that actually they describe themselves as, as the connection into infinite wisdom that exists within each of us. And they, they often come through and, and, you know, let me know when, like, how, how to hold the boundary. And they've given me this information, they call it um, self harm through service. And it's the idea that, you know, that we go out in the world doing good, but that each time that we're doing good, somehow we're causing ourselves harm, you know, whether it's that we're not honoring our own needs, our own desires, our own boundaries. And so it, it's really important to me, and this was really important as I was doing this negotiation for all of the different work that I do, that I, I did not want to be in a self-harming mode 
doing any of it. So, and that includes like how I decided to travel and where I traveled and when I traveled and how quickly I would turn around and come back and all of those physical needs as well to make sure that I was honoring myself as much as possible in the process. Do you, have you learned to honor yourself more now than you did when you were in corporate? Oh my gosh, yes. Yes. I was not, I was self-harming through all kinds of things in my corporate job, you know, and, and I was a very, I was in a very different mindset at that point. I didn't have a strong relationship with my inner being, with my, with my soul knowing. And so I had a lot of desire at the time to constantly show my worth, improve my value and give 120%. And I wasn't, it, there wasn't reciprocity. There wasn't this flow of energy like I was giving out and it was coming back. It was so one-sided and it was just me giving, giving, giving and, and for, not for the purpose of beneficial you know, outcome, but for the purpose of having to continue to prove myself worthy um, of the, you know, and, and as I climbed the corporate ladder higher and higher, it, it became more and more uh, in my mind and my belief system that I had to continue to demonstrate why I was the right one for the job. Um, and that was self-harming in some of the, some of the biggest ways that I can describe in my own personal journey. Do you feel like now the energy flow is like equal exchange? It is for the most part, but mm -hmm. you know, I also feel that I have this very, because of the connection and the relationship that I've formed with myself, it's, 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 it's pretty self-correcting. I know quickly when I'm, when I'm out of alignment, you know, and especially with that respect, because I worked very hard within my own process to make that a priority, you How know, do you and now, know? now, oh, well, How do you I mean, tell yourself it's interesting. It, it's a lot of times it just pops in as a knowing, you know, it's really my guides going like, mm, sister, mm -hmm. mm -mm. you know, you're, you're marching down a path that was an old belief or an old system or an old approach, you know, and it, and like I said, it happens pretty quickly because I can feel it viscerally in my system um, and I may still choose to, to walk down that part of the path, but I'm doing it fully aware that I'm, I'm recreating old stories or I'm creating new stories with old patterning. Yeah. 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 Same outfit, different yep. party. Completely, completely. Um, and like I said, I'm, I know pretty quickly when I'm, when I'm doing it. Every once in a while, I do get surprised. And, and those, because my personality, my super ego, whatever you want to call it is also really good at convincing me, no, no, this is the thing for you. Right. And, and at the end of the day, or at the end of the experience, those experiences really have been some of my biggest propellants, but in really pain, human painful ways. <laughs> um, and so I don't, you know, I don't think that there's a, I don't think that we can make a wrong choice, but I think that we can have more, invite more ease and flow into our experience. And then sometimes for me, you know, even when I do that, the, the, the bigger challenges come for whatever the purpose for me to really embody the learning, the evolution that comes along with that. Yeah. And probably also 
your guides being like, no, listen, this is really important and you're not getting it the level we want you to get it. Yeah. So, bitch. yeah. Well, and it's mostly when I'm in resistance, right? I mean, we, we are the creators of our reality. So when they have to get loud, it's not that I need a different, it's not that I need a, a bigger stick to learn the lesson. It's just that I'm pushing against it so hard that they, that I'm not hearing I'm not hearing it in the way that I normally do. And so, yes, they have to get my attention. And then I'm like, oh, yes, dang it. <laughs> yeah, here I am again, you know, doing it from a different, from the opposite side of the spectrum, but getting the same result. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. You're still human. Sacred. I know. And, I, and, and coming into contact with the humanness has been really the big opening for me over the last couple of years. It's that like, oh yeah, I don't need to deny that part of me at all. I'm not here to transcend my humanness to some form of enlightenment. I'll do that when I transition into non-physical. I'm here. And what the greater consciousness calls it is the balance point. So where you hold your human experience and your soul experience in the same moment. And when we think about raising our vibration, that's where it happens. But when we're denying a part of ourselves or we're only, you know, myopically focused on some goal or desire, we're out of balance. And so when we come into that balance point, that's really where the juice is. It's where all the magic happens. Yes. Um, I'm just in awe of everything you're saying. You are fully owning your genius freak channel. (laughs) And this is really fun for me to see, because as I said, I have like the first part of that channel, but I don't have the ability to like say it clearly and concisely. And the things, so many of the things you're saying I have in my head, but can't come out the mouth hole. Like I can't say them clearly. And that just love it. I'm like, yes, yes. To everything you're saying. Yeah, that's, I love that too, because when I'm working with the greater consciousness, that's one of the things that they, they uh, c- kind of describe themselves as, right? They, are, they come through, they connect to help people put words to feelings, right? To, to validate their knowing, you know, and to open up opportunities or possibilities that maybe haven't even been considered. So this isn't like, this isn't like portending the future or fortune telling work, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with. I think that's really great also, but this is really that it's, it's, it's connecting into the inner wisdom that each of us have and bringing out what we already know and just helping us to form the words around it. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's really beautiful. How did you meet them? So I've been, ch- I was channeling them from the, pretty much from the time I was calling myself formally and intuitive. You know, I realized that I wasn't in the way that I had sort of understood intuition and in, intuitive readers, that they were reading energy. And I kept thinking like, well, I'm not reading energy. I'm actually feeling like I'm just bringing through information from universal consciousness. And so I just, that was just what I did. Um, And a couple of years ago, probably three years ago now in my own, you know, in my own daily practice, the greater consciousness was talking to me and saying, we really want you to call us by name. 
And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't even really think about it before that. Like I didn't, to me, it didn't feel like I needed to name it. You know, it was just, I was channeling information. And so I'm like, great. Well, you know, who are you? Like, what do I call you? And so they actually said, we want to be called the greater consciousness. And, and so I said, well, who, who are you? Like, what do you represent? And, and this is where they came through and they said, what we represent all of the wisdom that ever was, all of the wisdom that will ever be, and all of the wisdom that's here right now in this time and space reality in every living being. So they said, in essence, we are the connection into the infinite wisdom that resides in every single being. And I was like, like, how do I hold space for that? You know, like, okay. And, you know, my, my, my words to them probably even at that time were like, okay, this is yours. Like, just help me be the clearest channel for you to do that. That's, and, and I think part of it too was this idea that I could, I wasn't the channel. I was the channel, right? I wasn't the channeler. I was the channel, you know, and to me, it's very different. One slants a little bit more to my left brain way of thinking like I am doing the channeling and the, and the other is really this idea that I am the channel. And so every time I go into any kind of conversation like this or a reading or a group event or a speaking um, engagement, that's what I ask. I'm like, allow me to be the clearest channel for your wisdom, for, for your knowing to connect into, you know, to be that intermediary between this, this greater consciousness energy and the soul energy that exists within the people I'm working with. Um, and so, yeah, it's been, it's like a little mind blowing. And especially I, even when I describe how they describe themselves and, and you start to think of like all of the wisdom that ever was like all of the wisdom that ever was, how, how, how do you comprehend that in your mind, right? In this human mind. And yet when I hear it, it resonates so deeply. Like you said, whole body truth, like, oh yeah, we have connection to the infinite wisdom of the cosmos, of the universe, of universal consciousness, all within us. It's like, it's like the solar system. It's like the galaxies exist within us and outside of us at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it does. I yeah. Actually talked to Melanie Weller. Oh, I think that episode aired this, early this year and she talks about how the universe is in us. And yeah, I love Melanie. Her, she's amazing. <laughs> she just blew my mind again yeah. and again. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> so back to the greater consciousness. Yeah. What does the greater consciousness want listeners of the Find Your Awesome podcast to know? Mm, I love that question. You know, one of the things that they're that they're they've been saying and they're bringing into my awareness as we're talking is this idea that we what we we've, we've actually been talking about already today is that they they call it personal responsibility. And they're saying that right now we are each one of us being invited to, to look inside, to touch in, to start to form and deepen the relationship with ourselves, because that is the point which we are creating our reality going forward. The shift is that we are no longer 
reliant or we're no longer needing to be reliant on the reality that we see when we look outside of ourselves. Because right now and, and into the future, what we see is chaos. You know, depending on our point of reference, we can see the world burning down. We can see that the world is not safe. We can find that people are not kind and, and all of the polarities and all of the, the theories and things that, you know, that are, that are people are believing outside of us. And we can get caught up in that spin, but it really doesn't serve us from an evolutionary process. And the more we can come inside and start to listen and discern and practice and lean into trusting that we do know our truth and that our truth doesn't have to look like anyone else's truth. The greater consciousness is saying, and they've been saying this, and I love this beyond words, that the evolution that's happening right now within the human consciousness is about each one of us coming into that truth and then living our life, our lives from that place. And so instead of this old story of finding just the people who are like-minded and believe what we believe and, and subscribe to what we subscribe to, it's this idea that each one of us comes into contact and, and lives our life from our truth. And then we come out and we form communities based on that. And it's almost like, you know, and again, this is where my corporate mind comes in, but the greater consciousness shows me this like Venn diagram, you know, the, the diagram where the circles, you know, overlap. And they're saying that that's really what our realities start to become and how our communities are formed. So we can have overlapping aspects with others, but it doesn't have to be like this, this us or them or all in kind of mentality. And what they're saying, and this I love so much, is that it's from this place that the vibration of the planet starts to rise because we are living each one of us from our truth as much as we can in the moments. And that that's the place, just like the balance point they were talking about earlier. This is the place that we really begin. It's where the rubber meets the road, they're saying, right? It's where we really begin on this next part of our evolutionary tract individually and as the global collective and more beyond the global, you know, as we think of the earth collective, it's bigger than that, but it's, it's that space where we, we do, it's like, we do us, you know, like I do me, you do you and everybody does them. But then there's this idea that we are allowing if that's the right word, but that's the word they're using. We allow everyone to have their reality. And then we find the places that you know, overlap and intermingle with those realities to form these communities, to form this new way of, of interacting as a species. Mm -hmm. It's huge. And it's here. Like there's nothing, they're saying there's nothing that we have to wait for. We don't have to wait for pandemic to be over. We don't have to wait for vaccines. We don't have to wait for anything. That this work is all in, inside of us. And the more that we do it, the safer we're going to feel moving about the planet, no matter what's happening outside of us. It's, it's, it's really magic in, in the most sacred use of the word. Yes. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing that. Mm -hmm. you're welcome I also I love the term 
evolution of consciousness because I think that, I don't know, I come from a biology background. I think of evolution initially as more of physical traits. And of course now, I know that we are still evolving, but to think our consciousness, which we can't see physically, is evolving just as powerfully as, you know, yeah, hippos used to be marine mammals or actually yeah. are on their way to becoming marine mammals. Yes. Well, that's, you know, one of the things that the greater consciousness says and has taught me and has shown me is that really if we want to bring it down to like the, the, the foundation is that our souls are really here for one purpose and it's to evolve and, and our souls exist for that purpose. So it's not just this lifetime. Like when we, when we transition into non-physical, our souls don't stop evolving. Like there will be different ways that it evolves, but it's like, and they, and they use this term, and I'll use it in the most loving way, it, but our souls are like hungry dogs and they just wanna consume experiences. Our souls don't judge experiences bad or good. Our souls say, oh my gosh, here is an experience I can sink my teeth into and really take myself to the next level, right? Our human side deem and judges like, oh, this was an awful bad experience. It must mean I'm off my path. But the soul's like, no way, like all of it. And that's why earlier they were saying, or I was saying, or we were saying, you know, you can't make a wrong choice. You can't make a wrong decision because it's all for the value of our, of that evolution, you know, and everything else is just kind of gravy on, 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 on top of it, you know, and the human experience is, and that's really why you have to hold space for both because the soul wants that evolution. So it's gonna keep pulling you towards your humanness, your physicality, because it, it knows it needs that for the whole rising of its vibration. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's trying to pull you into your body. Mm -hmm. I feel this so deeply and especially with the four one profile in human design known as the bonus life. Mm -hmm. And when I feel into that energy, it is that soul is so excited. It's like that person in past rounds on earth school, it got cut short and it's like, they had a negotiation of, can I go back? Can I go back and play? Like, I just, I didn't get to swim in this river and I didn't get to eat wasabi and I, I didn't I didn't get to go square dancing or like you know all the things yeah and so those people were just like brought onto this planet to just experience everything yeah. like this is just one big party for them or one big yeah. amusement park where they're running around being like oh my god look at this let me try exactly. this yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping that's my next lifetime because <laughs> this is not a bonus life for me. This is like, this is like PhD accelerated, you know, program uh, in this life experience for sure. And I don't, and I don't say that with any uh, judgment, I really, but it has also been just this very uh, deep, deeply, deeply seated 
life expansion, evolutionary process for me. That's feels like, you know, things that many might experience in multiple lifetimes. You know, I'm doing it all in one fell swoop, it seems. Oh, I know it's not all since there's always more. (laughs) Yeah, there is always more. And that's what I was telling people last year that 2020 was all a PhD program for all of us. It was going to be a different program. All obviously we signed up for different classes, Yeah, but all of us were going through our individual PhD programs. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And some dropped out, you know, and physically and Mm non-physically and the ones (laughs) who dropped out mentally and physically. (laughs) Yeah. The ones who dropped out physically, I believe they chose that before they got here. I would agree. I agree. And that's what the greater consciousness has been saying also. Mm-hmm. You know, I did a whole uh, a short video series on 2020, a time of evolution at the very beginning of lockdown here in the US because that was one of the things that the greater consciousness wanted to share out into the world was this idea of what what was what was happening, what was coming and and how it really was a magical time. All of the you know, again, all of the human experience aside, the soul was literally like, it is, it is party time. It is like spring break for a whole year, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, um, and again, that's not to dishonor or take away from any of the experiences, the real human experiences that people have gone through. But to say that again, in that balance point, both was happening simultaneously, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Would you be open to, uh, my uncle was one of the ones who physically opted out in 2020 and my cousin emailed me two days ago and asked if I had heard anything from him. It's funny. Um, so if this is your uncle and it feels like it very much, there's a part of him that's like, how do I say this? I'm not really sure I believe in this stuff. (sighs) You know, like he's a little bit like fine. Um, I'll do it. But even, even, you know, like even in the, even though he's non-physical and certainly living in that vibration, his humanness is coming through in that way. Like, I don't know. It's just, Uh, But, you know, he's making me feel like he was really tired. Like he was really, and not just physically tired, like he was really emotionally tired. It was the thought of, the thought of doing this life experience any longer was really, it really weighed on him and it weighed on him for a long time. He's making me feel as though there might've been some depression or um, something emotion, you know, like emotionally, he was checked out a lot. Um, And, and it was just, he just, and we, and this is, you know, not abnormal for souls, all of us, right? We get to a point, um, I even have as well in my own personal experience where I'm like, seriously, I'm out, like, take me to the happy place (laughs) in the non-physical. I'm good. I'm good. I've learned enough, you know, but that's how he's making me feel. He's making me feel like, um, he would have never, 
he wouldn't have done something intentionally though. It's almost like, and I don't know if there was addiction and we don't, you don't have to answer that question, but it feels like he was doing it sort of self-harm through, you know, like he, he, he would never have, have ended his life, but he was on his way anyway, just in his choices. Like he was just going to go slow, slow burnout. Um, and, and that was sort of his exit plan. And so then energetically COVID came along and he was like, my ticket. Um, and so it really was very, I'm like, he's showing me, it was very intentional. Um, and he, he, he was at peace with it in, within his soul, knowing that it was time that he, he couldn't, well, he's, so he's saying, I couldn't get out of my own way to, to do more here, but that, um, but that, but that he was very okay with it, if that makes sense to yeah. you. Um, but he's at peace. At peace. Um, he's very funny. He's got like this really dry sense of humor, you know? And so I'm like, are you joking? Or, you know, it kind of, he's making me feel that like, I want to make sure I'm honoring what he wants to say. And at the same time, like really, you know, making sure I'm not sharing something that's more of a joke. So he's, a, he's, he's actually quite funny and a very... <laughs> dry you know but it's that super super dry like he's showing me like him him having conversations with people and they would laugh and then they would like (laughs) that's not sure (laughs) that was not sure um uh you know one of the things that he's saying is that you know even he didn't really suffer at the at the end so one of the things that um I've been shown time and time again in the space of transitioning from the human, from the physical to the non-physical is that our souls tend to transition ahead of time. And so off, so his soul wasn't experiencing some of the last, you know, weeks, months of his life, the way that we would see it in the human experience. And he, he feels like it's really important for me to be sharing this because he wants, he wants you all to know that there wasn't suffering in the way that we tend to describe it. So even if it felt like he was struggling, his soul was at complete peace. He wasn't experiencing it in the way that we would project our own imagining how he was feeling. Um, and, and so he, he really wants to make sure that that's known, you know. Does he have anything that, uh, for his daughter that he wants her to know? Well, one of the things that he wants to, her to know is that he, um, he's around her a lot. And, and he's, he's, so he's saying like, I know that might surprise you in some ways, but that he actually kind of gets the, um, the need, her need for closeness that he didn't quite comprehend when he was here in the physical. Like he, give, he shows me this, you know, like, I love you and I'm going to just keep you here. And I'm sorry, this, I know, cause it's not video. So he's holding yeah. his arms out, you know, sort of as a, as a way to say, um, uh, cause he's like, they can't, they can't, they won't be able to see you. And I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> um, uh, he, you know, he kept people at arm's length. And so now he really knows that that was something that he missed out on greatly. And so while he's not, and he wants to be really clear, like there's no enmeshment, right? He's not in her space, but he's definitely like circling the periphery 
and letting her know in very small ways that he is there. And he desires a closeness with her more so than he had when, than he could, he was capable. He's saying like, I just wasn't capable of it. I just couldn't get there. Mm-hmm. You know, and in some ways he, and he says, I'm not making excuses, but there wasn't a lot of modeling for me about what that looked like. And so, you know, he, he's saying, I did the best I could. And I know now that I, I could have done better. And so from the non-physical energetically, that's where he's kind of coming into play. So he's making, he's making me feel as though there will be things that are coming up and things that, that, that will come up or have come up and will come up that he's sort of had a hand in, but gently, like he really wants to be clear on the honoring the boundary, but also sort of just like helping to direct things her way Mm. towards her and in her space. Um, And that he will continue to be doing that as long as she's open to it Um, and can do more if she's open to more, you know, there's like an invitation here for her to, to have a a deeper conversation now with him than he could have had here in the physical. Mm. I feel that. I feel, I also wouldn't be surprised if she can connect with him directly. And yeah, well, that's what he's making me feel like she's already, she talks to him a lot in her mind and not as much as like, what would you do? But more like, do you see this? Do you know this is happening? Um, Oh, that just gave me goosebumps. Truth bumps. Yeah. So, so she can for sure, he's open to it and in, in really um, putting the invitation out to, to deepen that relationship. Like they can continue their relationship now at a different level and even deepen it um, than what could have been possible here in the physical. It's so perfect and beautiful. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. He's pretty funny. He is really funny. Like he just... I don't know if he had this particular laugh, you know, but he, I mean, that's what he's making me like, I'm hearing this laugh and I'm like, that was really like a signature kind of thing. Like you knew it was him and maybe cause he didn't laugh all that often, but it, it's, you know, it feels very important to, to share that his, mm-hmm. his laugh is really what I'm. Feeling. His laugh was his, his laugh and his, that dry sense of humor. That's what I think of when I think of him. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Amy, let's just wrap up with one more question. (laughs) A totally different angle. If you had a billboard and it could go anywhere in the world, but this magical place is someplace where everybody can read it. What would it say? Oh my gosh, that is a great question. It would say, you got this. You got this. And we do, we do. We do. We've got this. Every one of us. Keep going. Exactly. Mm. Thank you. Will you tell us, please, where people can learn more about you and how they can work with you? Absolutely. So the easiest place to go is my website at amywhite.co. So amywhite.co. 
Um, and on there talks about all of the different offerings that I have, online courses, upcoming events. I do a monthly open channeling call that's free. It's something that I was guided to do at the beginning of the pandemic and I'm continuing it uh, at least for part of this year. Um, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on all the, all the ins. And um, I actually just started to do some stuff on Clubhouse too. So Amy White Medium is the best way to search for me on all of the platforms, but all my, um, all my links to social are also on my website. So it's really easy. Excellent. And I just joined Clubhouse as well, but I kind of joined and then haven't been back on. So I don't, I don't know. Maybe we can play together on there. Maybe, maybe we continue this conversation on Clubhouse. Well, I was just going to say, I've been doing this um, with some of the podcasts lately, uh, where after the podcast is published, um, we will get back together and do like a, an aftercast salon Yes. conversation. Uh, so I would be more than open to do that with this podcast as well. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> right, we'll talk details All after right. recording. Amy, <laughs> thank you so much. You thank are you. such a gift. Mm, such an honor and a privilege to be doing this work and to be here speaking with you today. Mm, you. Thank you. So is your mind blown? Mine is. And I really enjoyed that conversation. I hope you did too. Now let's go check her out online at amywhite.co. Follow her on Instagram, Ms. Amy White and Amy on the poll. The links are in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with other people you think will enjoy it as well. And it would be super helpful if you leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. So please give us a five-star rating and a review that helps other people find the Find Your Awesome podcast. And we really appreciate that. Let's spread Amy's message far and wide and sprinkle her magic everywhere. And finally, if you want to work with me, learn more about me, my home on the internet is kelseyabba.com. Come play. Now, don't you ever forget, you are magical and I love you. Go forth and be awesome.